Hello and welcome to episode one of Summoner's Corner. This is a podcast about League of Legends and the LCS. We are very excited to get this started, so let's jump right in. I am your host, Will. And I am your other host, Josh. I've been watching the LCS for seven years now, eight years, around there. I I started watching in season two. So what are we at? Is this season 11 now? God, it is season 11, isn't it? Oh, we're so <laughs> old. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at that's, the same. That's terrifying. Yeah, that's nuts. So in other words, we've been watching for a long fucking time. Um, I, I'd say we have a pretty good knowledge about uh, League of Legends esports as a whole. Both of us have been playing since, I mean, I've been playing since season one. Uh, yeah, I started end of season one. Yeah. Um, so I'd say we have a pretty pretty solid knowledge about the game. What's what's your favorite team? Who do you follow the most? Oh, TSM, 100%. For me, it's always been C9. I am currently sitting in a Cloud9 uh, secret lab chair. Is there anything in particular about C9? or? Uh, well, it, they were just the team when I first started watching. I mean, season two is when they had their real breakout where they had the, uh, the good old Ash Zyra bot lane that went undefeated. Oh yeah. Okay. I remember that. I, I just, I've, I've always liked the players they have and stuff. They've always been a good fun team. I think one of the main things I really like about them is that they're for the most part, they've always been like the meta setters. <laughs> they're usually the first to jump on new champs and stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, I think that comes a lot from like uh, their their structure as a team. Like they've always had a Korean coaching staff. Yeah, and they they've always been innovative. Even before that, like Lemonade Lemonation was a really big uh, innovator as far as like pocket picks and stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. How come you like TSM? Uh, more or less the same deal, really. Like season one started season two uh rain man had just been kicked <laughs> dyrus started uh playing top lane and i was a huge dyrus fan like when he was sitting there in the kitchen uh like as a guest in the tsm house still streaming every day for like he had ten thousand viewers back when twitch was still relatively small i like, know it's insane t- like he, he was actually number one like yeah. consistently day after day uh, and I, I think a lot of it was just like people enjoyed his dryness. Definitely. Yeah. I, I was a big Dyrus fan as well. Yeah. Funny dude. So yeah, uh, this podcast is pretty much just going to be us going over the weekend's events, uh, going over the games, any highlights that happened, uh, stuff like that. It'll pretty much just be like a weekly wrap up sort of deal. Yeah. Um, obviously the LCS hasn't quite started yet. It doesn't start until next week. So this week's episode is going to be a little bit differently. It's just going to be us going over each team's roster and, uh, giving our predictions of how we think they'll do through the season. Yeah. So there's a lot to go over this season just because there are some structural changes to the way the league is going to be working as far as seasonal splits, as well as preseason tournament kind of like a kickoff tournaments, uh, as well as how the player situation within the leagues is organized. We have Oceana being more or less absorbed into the NA region, meaning that Oceanic players can now play on any teams without taking up an import slot. Yeah, and that that's a huge change, honestly. Uh, 
teams were fairly limited before just because of that two import rule. But now that Oceana is uh, free reign, that's made a lot of changes to rosters this year. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you know, from, from like a, uh, a fairness standpoint, I, I don't really know how I feel about it. Like, especially if I'm looking at it from the viewpoint of another region, you know, like, like a, a Korea or uh, uh, even an LEC where your uh, player pool is fairly... It's, it's the same. There's no real room for that expansion, right? So this is just like NA yeah. calling to make NA better, basically, by absorbing another region. Yeah, it, it's an interesting choice as far as that goes. And I think really it just comes down to trying to make NA more competitive in the world scene. Yeah, I mean... I, I definitely think we're the region that needs the most help <laughs> as far as that goes, unfortunately. I totally don't disagree with that, but at, at the same time, like, I, I feel bad for the Oceanic players because they're kind of losing their identity as a region. Um, but the, they also yeah. get, like, you know, they, they say the cream rises to the top, and I think those top players from Oceana will do okay no matter what. Like, they will earn spots. Like I, I think we have five or so Oceanic players that have starting positions in the league this year. Yeah, there, there's quite a few when I was looking through, and some of them I'm very excited to see. Uh, do you have a favorite? Um, I think one... Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm very interested to see Fudge. He's the new top laner for Cloud9, which we'll get into in a moment. Um, he played for their academy team. He was apparently really good. I've never really followed academy, to be honest, so I, I don't know firsthand. Um, the other one that I was looking through, looking at though, when I was making this list, is um, the new ADC for Immortals, Reyes, I, I believe is how you say it. Um, that dude had an incredible record, and again, we'll we'll get into that more uh, once we actually jump into the rosters. But th those two, I'm I'm most excited to see. I'd say uh, for me, it's going to have to be all eyes on Lost coming in uh, and replacing Doublelift. Who announced yeah. his retirement postseason? Uh, man, big shoes to fill. It's just, oh, yeah. I I don't envy his position at all. I mean, he's with TSM. He's I, I'm I'm sure TSM's taking care of him and stuff. But oh, I I just don't know if it would be worth the pressure. I think TSM is the roster that I'm most fascinated by. I think it has the some of the biggest changes. Absolutely. Um. So should we go ahead and get into the roster a little bit, or do we want to cover uh, how the season is going to work this year? Uh, I think the one main thing that I wanted to cover with how the season works is um, now records will carry over through the splits. So, I mean, in the past you had teams kind of taking spring split as just practice and warm up, and there were a lot of teams that I think weren't taking it totally seriously um and now if any team tries to do that it it will punish them because that that record is going to carry over absolutely i i think it's kind of a double-edged sword for me i i think that uh, a lot of teams used it as uh trial runs uh to test players out to to test different iterations of teams out you know uh academy rosters were a good like practice tool uh, which maybe isn't the best phrasing, but it allowed the teams to shuffle around a little more freely, having 10 league-playing players signed at a time. Yeah. Um, 
So it, it, it'll certainly be interesting when every game counts a little bit more. It makes Spring Split much more watchable, which I'm happy about because I know that there were some people out there that just didn't really bother too much with Spring Split since uh, obviously, like we had said before, some teams didn't take it super seriously all the time. Um, and now teams are going to be forced to, which is going to make it more entertaining, I think, at the very least for the fans. Yeah, and sometimes, like, even the best players would just take breaks. Like, okay, I'm burnt on the game. Like, yeah. like a good example of this is Doublelift. Was it last year? I think the year before? Yeah. He just took a split off because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and he wanted to, to stream and chill. I'm like, I, I can understand that because the league season is very long. But at the same time, like, when your stars are doing things like that when your large viewership drawers are disincentivized to play uh, i think changes are necessary so I, th- I think this is healthy in the long run um oh yeah i i'm i'm a fan of the change overall i also really uh, like that, the uh, preseason tournaments yes yeah it's a good way to start the season i think like tournaments are always just so much fun yeah i miss the old like iem days and uh, mlgs if you remember those oh yeah the, yeah. I think that was like some of the most hype League of Legends back in the day. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. I, I find tournament formats are, are just so much more. The stakes just feel a lot higher than in a league. Having, I, I mean, honestly, like I wish back in the good old days when each quote unquote game would be like a best of for the weekend. Like it wouldn't just be a, a one game thing. You would play like a few games back to back against the same team. And I, I know that that's super draining on the players and I understand the change, but I I just love seeing that. And I think it builds a lot more uh, like rivalries and stuff throughout the season. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a, it builds more of a narrative uh, set to set, you know, as far as, far as you can yeah. see teams changing and trying to counterpick and swapping their strategy and it, it also creates more of that win or loser feel which i think if you're passionate about a team you really definitely uh it gives you more to build on and get behind of and i think that's important uh from a viewership standpoint yeah again though i i understand the change obviously doing those long days where you're playing multiple games in a row can be very draining uh, but that's why I'm happy for the tournament coming coming back in, or more tournaments being introduced. Absolutely. Uh, with that, I'm good to start getting into okay. rosters, though. Um, so I think we'll just go top to bottom on rosters then, starting with uh, 100T, yep. because 100 is higher than A in the alphabet. True that. 100 Thieves is always such a... I want to say disappointing team. Am I, am I wrong in saying that? You know... Okay, so they had one good split. They had one split where they invested a lot into their roster. Um, they had veterans in most roles. They, they got to, I, I think it was Miami that year, where they were playing like top four. It was yeah. really hype. It was like uh, one of their first years, it, it, too. Yeah, I, I think that was like their second yeah. split or something. And, and if you follow any of the behind the scenes, like uh, Nade Shot is their owner. Uh, he's a former professional Call of Duty player. He gets really hype. He loves competition. He loves to compete. He was filming a bunch of stuff behind the scenes. Like it was super easy to get behind oh, that yeah. team. And since that point, like they've made some good moves. Like I think bringing in uh, Papa Smithy uh, as a GM and, and Zix as a coach uh, has been helpful. 
But at the same time, like I, I feel like they're focusing a lot more on player development right now. And I don't know if that's the best way to like keep their brand exciting. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, I really don't think it's going to transfer into good results. Yeah, I, I think 100 Thieves is one of those teams that should always be looking to win sort of thing just because of of the background and staff that they have and, and everything they're they're a very hype team when they win and extremely boring otherwise they're one of those teams where like unless they're winning no one cares really it, it's kind of a high uh high ceiling low floor yeah like i mean you take a team like c9 or tsm like those are fan favorite teams whether they're doing well or not people are watching those games they're excited about that team 100 thieves is one of those teams that like they they need to try and get big name players i think so that they're they have like fans have something to be excited about otherwise it it just feels like no one cares about them really um and they've had someday for a while and someday is an incredible player yeah, so really quickly, I'm just going to read out the roster uh, just so everyone knows who is on the team this year. So at top, we've got Sunday. Jungle is Closer. Mid is Del Monte. ADC or Marksman is FBI. Uh, and Support is Huhi, the Coach Six. Um, so my my very first note for this team is Sunday has no help again. So, so something I did when looking over the teams was go through and just kind of pick out the veterans, pick out the players who have been in pro league for multiple years, like playing at the highest level, who have uh, kind of been around the block, like know the ins and outs, know how the league goes, uh, and, and are in positions to be leaders on the team. Yeah, and like it, it's someday, and then who? Like you've you've got who he coming in next, right? through the spring he played seven games he went four and three playoffs they were zero and three and then summer yeah okay so so, so no good results yeah no through, through summer um, he was uh or the team went nine and nine so they had a 50 percent win rate uh and then playoffs they were five and six like nothing exceptional at all yeah so so he is a player though that transitioned from mid to support and we we've seen a lot of mid laner transitions right like Perks played ADC for a while. Um, a, a few other teams have experimented with it. Uh, I, I know some uh, coaches and some analysts, like LS has said that the easiest transition to make is from mid to support, just because you're still playing sort of that like mage role and a lot of like the zoning characteristics of the role are the same more or less. Yeah, and it's like a lot of roaming and, and map presence, which is like very important in both roles as well. Yeah, so... But you see, the thing was, like, even as a mid laner, I feel like he was just a role player and not really that carry for a team, right? And now looking at at 100 Thieves mid, uh, Del Monte, uh, he's been a longtime academy player. So he isn't inexperienced, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if he can really step up and lead this team either. No, so my my note on that is like Demonte could be interesting. He could take a step up, but I'm not expecting a lot. I I think this season for Demonte could be more of like a uh, golden glue situation where it's it's a really make or break for him. Like he has a chance. He has experienced players uh, with him yeah. to guide him, sort of thing. 
But really from the mid lane, you want someone who can uh, apply pressure, take pressure, uh, and really impact the map in a meaningful way. I, I feel like for so many teams, it's so important to get that really good like solo lane plus jungle. And I, 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 I don't know if I see anything special here with this roster. No, no, I, I, I agree. Like someday is going to be the main focus as it always is. Because of that, though, I mean, like opponents are going to take it the same way and someday is going to be the main focus. Someday is incredible, but unfortunately he's not like at the very top like he was uh, a couple years ago. So he's he's not a guy that's always going to win lane. He probably will most of the time, I'd say, but he's not going to like dominate every single time. And I mean, looking at this roster, it, there there's no, I, I don't see where the pressure is coming from aside from someday. And I think someday we'll probably just end up getting camped most games and the rest of the I team top, won't do much. <laughs> top lane is very stiff competition this year too. I mean, we've, there's we've a got lot Kuni, of really good top we've laners. We've got uh, Licorice, right? Like, like a lot of uh, veteran proven players impact coming in for uh, evil geniuses. Like, like, like top is a very stacked. Yeah. In, in my role. opinion, top is NA's best role. I, I think we probably have um, uh, like if we were to take a role and, and rank our players in each role, I think top would be our best one. There's other ones where we have like a couple really incredible guys who like outshine any other players. But overall, I think top is where we have the most talent right now. Uh, it, it's so hard to even quantify that with all the imports that any brings in. It's just hard to remember like what we have as a region and what we've procured from other regions to really say that. You know what I mean? Uh, as far as well, I, I mean, like overall, like including the imports that we have and stuff. Like if you were to take all of the North American players, I think top is where we have the. Or I mean, like players in North America. Okay, like, okay, like yeah, competing in North America, I, I can get behind that. And it really doesn't um, uh, export anything as far as talent goes, unfortunately. <laughs> so you know, no. maybe including OCE now we'll get better. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So yeah, like g given that top is probably our most competitive spot right now. Um, someday I think has just fallen off a little bit over the years. He's not quite as dominant as he used to be. He's still incredible, uh, but I don't think it's enough to make this team good. I, I have them ranked. Uh, like, I, I think they'll be towards the bottom. Yeah, I, I think we can agree that they're, they're maybe like a top seven team, but <laughs> yeah. with, could struggle for playoffs, I think. Definitely. So moving on, our next team is, uh, I mean, one of the powerhouses. It's Cloud9. Yeah, they're a powerhouse every year. They always are somehow able to procure these superstar players or develop players in a way that no other team really has ever had a grasp yeah. on comparably. Yeah, I think Cloud9 is always one of those teams where if they don't acquire a big name through like free agency or a trade or something, they make a big name. <laughs> yeah, if you look at players that have come through that organization, I mean, uh, Smoothie, Sneaky has always been with C9. Uh, uh, Zazel did really great for himself even after C9. Um, yep. Obviously Licorice. Jensen. Like I think Licorice is arguably the best top laner in North America. Uh, right if you now. look at Sven Scar uh, Sven Scarin, not Sven. Uh yep. Sven Scarin's North American career in particular, I think some of his 
it wasn't until yeah cloud so nine. some of his best seasons were on cloud nine i really I, yeah. I didn't like the way he looked on tsm for the most part like that they were still a top competing Agreed. team yeah. but boy he had some games there where uh oh, yeah. and we'll get into that with tsm i i think uh stylistically <laughs> uh playing for tsm can be challenging at time, times yeah definitely uh but looking at this roster in the top lane they have fudge who we mentioned earlier he's a uh new import from Oceana. He was apparently incredible. Uh, from what I heard, he was the second best player in Academy. Um, they have Blabber, obviously. He was an MVP. Struggled a bit through the last split, but I mean, overall, just a phenomenal jungler, one of the best in North America right now. Uh, the biggest name, biggest new name in NA, we have Perks. I think, without a doubt, second best player in North America by a long shot. Uh, and then we've got the same bot lane and Sven and Vulcan. And I think, like, honestly, the biggest change for Cloud9, it's kind of crazy saying this, considering, like, we have perks in mid lane and <laughs> lost Licorice and got a, a rookie in Fudge, is uh, the coaching. No more Reaper. Yeah, so we've got Rainover coming in to replace him. Rainover, obviously, being a, a veteran player, but he's got big shoes to fill. Definitely. And he he's had a ton of success through academy like he's he's been the cloud nine academy coach for two years now i want to say um and i'm pretty sure both years they won every single split <laughs> so I, I i don't know if it will really carry over because obviously academy and lcs are two completely different beasts but uh i th think he'll do well i mean he's set up for success with the roster oh he certainly is i i, I think I think looking at it uh, at face value, this is the most stacked roster in North America. Yeah. I think Perks has become that premier player that you, uh, just in Western League in general, like Europe, North America, uh, you think top tier players, you think Perks. You just do. Yeah. Yeah. He is insane. <laughs> So he he started his career as a mid laner and then switched over to ADC for a bit. And I mean, even as an ADC was incredible, uh, like one of the best players in Western as well. Um, and now he's switching back to mid for Cloud9. Um, and I mean, considering he, he originally started as a mid laner, I don't think there will be any issues with that transition. Uh, yeah, it, it should be one of those like riding a bike things. Like I think at most he might have to learn yep. two new champs, like like maybe uh, Seraphine, who I don't think we've ever seen him play mm -hmm. professionally as a mid laner. Um, I think that's really it as far as what's come out recently. Another thing to note as well is Perks and Sven have played together. Uh, they've won lec together a few times so like they'll probably click right away and be able to make things happen just having that uh past experience and then also i, I think it's a smaller thing but mythy is with c9 as a coach as well now so it's kind of the power trio from eu back together again oh that is exciting uh i i didn't really follow eu league so i didn't know that but oh yeah they they were a powerhouse that is so exciting. A any sort of pre-existing synergy is always interesting to see, uh, like, like sort of reunite like that. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm not sure if there's much else to talk about this roster. Like, they're really good. They're going to be one of the top teams, if not the top team in NA. Oh, some, something I note. I didn't realize that Zion Spartan still existed, but he's on their academy team. I, I thought he retired a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I had him... That's I had him down as a notable sub, and um, yeah, I, I knew he was still playing in Academy. He's also like the uh, head of the players' union, oh, or players' representation group, or whatever. Uh, so I, I knew he was still involved in the scene, uh, and he does a lot uh, on the back end yeah. for players. So you know, props to him for that. It's always good to see people uh, advocating for yeah players with such a long season and stuff mm-hmm. uh especially young players right but yeah I, as a player i mean at his highs i think he was really good uh, oh, yeah. uh on on clg mm-hmm. uh and that was so a long time ago though <laughs> that was a long time ago and, and he really did fall off towards the end of his main roster lcs day yeah uh, but i i think uh depending on how fudge does you know, I really think he is the big question mark. I know he's coming in touted as one of these more exciting rookies to watch as far as LCS premieres go. Yep. But I, I think that having a solid backup in Zion Spartan, who's who's like a role player, uh, is, is never a bad thing. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, really, you don't... I, I don't think they need anyone in the top lane to come out and hard carry. They have fucking perks and Sven. <laughs> like, yeah, not with this roster. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, just having that, like, stable guy a- as an option is probably good. Like, it, it doesn't hurt to have, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so, what do you think? Top two, top three? Oh, w- without a doubt. I, I would just, be extremely surprised just, if they are Just not number one? I, I, I know you want to say, you're, you're, you're a diehard C9 fan, so just say number one. Like, it, um, it's okay. We can I, be wrong. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it, because they have perks. And like I said, perks is... Uh, I think without a doubt, the second best player in North America. Um, I will get into like final ratings, but I don't have them as first. Okay, that's interesting. We'll, we'll save that. To- I would not be surprised to see them as first because it's an, it's an incredibly strong roster. Uh, but I think it's like it's quite a bit of changes. So I don't think they'll see like immediate domination or anything. Um, and I mean, there's, there's other strong teams in North America as well, but I, I would be astonished to see them outside of top three. Yeah, totally understandable. I think, uh, we, we've learned this lesson the hard way looking at uh, TL's roster a few splits ago when they, they yeah. came out with like this powerhouse team and went like 500 in a season. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, yeah. so yeah, definitely don't judge a book by its cover, but these guys are looking pretty strong. Oh, uh, one note that I did have, which is part of the reason uh, I, I don't have him as a dominant first is like we did see Blabber struggle towards the end of last split. Um, and he's a guy that's either going to just hard carry your team or just feed. Um, he, he just plays like so aggressively that if you don't get a lead with him early, um, he doesn't really know how to turn it off. Although, I mean, again, the team is good enough that they shouldn't find themselves in that spot too often i think yeah hopefully not and i think that'll fall a lot onto um coaching staff as well uh again another big proving point for rainover uh but he should have a relationship with most of these players having worked in the c9 org for so long yep yeah i i think they'll they'll do well uh so moving on to the next team is clg 
Uh, yeah, so for CLG, uh, their roster is going to be uh, Finn in the top lane, uh, Roxa in the jungle, uh, mid is Poe Belter, ADC or Marksman is Wild Turtle, and support is Smoothie with the coach Moon. Uh, so I haven't followed C9, or not C9, geez. Uh, I haven't followed CL, CLG a ton. Um, there's just not a team that I've ever found like super exciting or anything. Let's be uh, honest, so there just hasn't been a lot to follow. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? And like from recent memory, I don't recall a season where they've really done exceptionally well. Um, I, I know like I think last year they like started the first half of a split with pretty much like I think they had like one win or something and then managed to like turn around in the second half and and did really well. Um, and it, like I said, I haven't followed them too much, so I could be mistaken, but I don't think that they've had a, a split where they've really gone like above 500. And I think this roster has a chance to be one of their best splits in a while. I am inclined to agree with you. I think they've got some great like veteran talent coming in. Uh, some of the oldest names in the league, really. Poe Belter, Season 1. Wild Turtle, Season 2, Pros. Yep. And, you know, they've still had good showings in previous years. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think there's ever been a time where they've been like really atrocious. They've had like a couple pretty bad splits, but... Yeah, and, and then Smoothie coming in in support is... Uh, He's had some really strong seasons uh, for, for Cloud9, playing for TSM for a bit, playing for TL for a bit. Um, I, I don't think I've ever really seen him like do overtly poorly. No, not really. He's been on bad teams, which obviously sucks. Um, like he, He's had times where he's struggled, but I, I don't think it was necessarily just because of him. I think it was just a, like he didn't have the support behind him uh and i mean playing in bot lane with a veteran adc like wild turtle uh one one of my notes on this team actually is uh like bot lane is very solid and i think they'll probably be one of the main reasons that they win games i think this is a, a pretty solid bot lane yeah I, I totally agree with you and i think that's where their main carry potential is to be honest i, I think they will have some uh stiffer competition in the bot lane like, like we just went over uh the sven vulcan lane oh for sure right like like that's yeah. a good matchup i want to see that uh it's very uh exciting when veteran players go against each other because they just know every yeah. in and out and it, it really becomes more about uh the synergy and the, the jungle and mid roams and and the team play more so than the individual lane at that point yeah, I agree. And to be honest, I think that's where they'll miss out. They're, I, I, I don't think Brock says anything special. Which is really funny because when he was originally brought over for TL, the hype around him was just insane. I, yeah, and I don't, I don't understand why. Um, like even I, I've never followed EU a ton, but like. I, I watch it sometimes, and from what I saw of him, in even in EU, like he was never really a guy that would like hard carry games or anything. I don't think he really adds anything exceptional. He's not a bad jungler, but he also isn't anything special, in my opinion. Would you call him a role player? Uh, honestly, at best, I think he's a role player. Like jungle is such an important role right now. Like mid and jungle are, uh, without a doubt, like the two most important things so those are the two roles that are like the catalyst for most teams and i don't think he's a guy that will like go out and be a playmaker and be like a catalyst for you 
Interesting. And I think that's where this team will struggle a lot. Uh, I also think top lane could be a weak point for this team. Uh, they're bringing in Finn, who's pretty solid in EU. But uh, as we talked about earlier, overall, I think there's more competition for top lane in North America than there is in Europe. I think top lane is actually one of Europe's weakest roles. I am inclined to agree with you there. Um, like their top players are phenomenal, but like there's a really steep drop when it comes to top lane in North America. And I think like Finn was just barely in that like good range for for Europe. He, I don't think he was anything super special. He's not bad for sure. He could carry games every so often. Um, but like he's up against much stronger competition now. I, I think ha- having a veteran core really does help this team. You know, like, like, for like sure. Yeah. Having Finn be the only real unknown coming from EU this season, I think mm-hmm. could get this team out of the gate a lot more effectively. I, I think agree. they could yeah. see some strong early results, but yep. I, I think we've seen the ceiling for uh, Poe Belcher and Wild Turtle for sure. Like, like That's the thing, right? Like we, I think we know what those guys are capable of um, at their peaks. Yeah, I, I think there's very few like new tricks, so to speak, that yep. uh, they're going to come out with. Yeah. Overall, though, I don't think this team is awful. Um, I think they'll probably be like a middle-of-the-pack team. I could see them making playoffs for sure. I can see this team cracking top four, honestly. Just be, really? just because wow. of all the experience, I think, um, I I really think uh, it's on the uh, support and jungle positions to step up. I, I I think that yeah, they can be the driving force on this team, right? Like I I think Turtle Turtle is known for his aggression, right? Uh, so yep. I I think if Smoothie can um sort of help him in a way. I, I don't know if that's going to be picking defensive picks to kind of jump in front of him like a Braum or or just enable him in some way. Uh, I, mm. I think he has the experience to do that uh, yeah. while also having really solid uh, map control as a support. I, I think that's a very strong suit for Smoothie. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think if he can really connect with uh, Brox in the jungle, I, I think they really do have a chance at being strong. I I could see them being like fourth. Um but I I don't think they'll be any higher than that. I I, I have them very middle of the pack. Okay. So I, I, I think maybe we sum this up as maybe like like between fourth and sixth, maybe. You, you yeah. expect them to go five hundred, five hundred plus? Somewhere in there? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. Um, I, I could also see them like struggling at times, but o- overall, yeah, I, I think they're right around the 500 mark, maybe a bit above. All right, cool. Uh, moving on, our next roster is going to be Dignitas, if you want to take that one. Yeah, uh, so this team has made some pretty big changes overall. I think it looks quite different. In the top lane is Fake God. Jungle is Dardoch, mid is Soligo, uh, bot lane or ADC is Neo, and support is Aphromoo. Okay. Uh, I think this is a team kind of similar to CLG, 
where uh, they have two really good veterans, but I don't think they have much else going for them. Uh, I'm going to have to challenge that a little bit. They have one really good veteran and one wild card. I suppose, yeah. I I think, right, like, there's no doubting that Dardock as purely as, like, a champion pilot is very talented. Yeah. But the person behind the champion, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, feast or famine doesn't even begin to describe this one. Like, like no, that's fair. That's fair. Th- this guy, you know, you know, you hear about all those superstar football players that like get into like locker room scuffles and go on like like go on radio shows and trash their team or trash the coach or something right yeah and like i know he doesn't do a ton of that out of game but in game he gets he's so tiltable i I really like if his mentals improved i i think he can still do well but how many chances does this guy get right yeah i I see what you mean i i will say i think Aframu can kind of balance that out though because Aframu is like a super level-headed player um and i think he's really good at like rallying his team and stuff so i think that could help uh but it, yeah dardock is definitely a wild card one thing that i wanted to point out with this team is fake god he's coming in from academy some of the names that i wasn't super familiar with i was looking up their stats this dude had an 88 percent win rate on atrox and academy uh over how many games uh, I think he was like eight and one. That's a pretty impressive record. Like it was not a small size. It, he he played very well, but uh, it's the same thing with Finn, where like it, LCS is going to be much harder competition than Academy was. Absolutely, especially in the top lane. Uh, we've already kind of been over that. Yeah. It is probably some of the stiffest competition. Lots of veterans. Uh, lots of big yeah. games. So. Definitely someplace... I'm very fascinated to see. It'll be a great proving grounds for him, because if he can make a name there against this type of competition this year, uh, he probably has a really great future. Uh, It's just a question of whether he can step up or not. And also whether or not he'll get his his, uh, pocket pick champions. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then looking at the flip side of that, in the mid lane, we have Saligo. Um, yeah, I see your note for him. Zero ten. Yeah, I was LCS. looking at it. <laughs> uh, he's he's zero and ten in the LCS. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's uh, raises some questions. So I, it's a it's a bit worrying. Overall, like I don't, I don't see a lot that can go right for this roster. You know, we we talk about floors and ceilings, and I. The ceiling for this roster, I don't feel, is very high. Do you? Um, like the the thing is, we have fairly new players on this roster with Fate God and Neo, so it's really hard to say. But I, I think it is one of those things where, like, Soligo has played ten games in the LCS and lost every single one. That's not a very good start. Afromu is a very old player. I think we've seen his ceiling. Um. And uh, like we said with Dardock, he's just a fucking loose cannon. <laughs> yeah, I, I also think there has to be like like some sort of asterisk on 
Aphromoo's uh, ceiling too, because both of his like standout seasons have been with very skilled AD carries, right? Like like double left. Yeah. Obviously, uh, uh, early in his career, where he was really making that name for himself. Yep. Uh, coming up, and then um, oh god, I'm gonna go off on a side tangent here for a sec. I I remember watching like season two when TSM would hold their weekend tournaments. Yeah. And Aphromoo used to play AD carry, and I loved watching like Aphromoo Twitch, Aphromoo like like Corky. Oh yeah. AD carry, and then he yeah, that, that's like support. how he started was an ADC. Yeah. And he was fantastic. And all you heard for like the first year and a half of him playing was, oh, well, he played a healer in WoW, so, you know, he's probably a good support. <laughs> wow, that tilted the crap out of me. Okay, okay, tangent over. That's so funny. I just, yeah, it's one of, one of my big memories about Aphromoo. Uh, so um, one thing that I will say is in the past few years, he has played on some very awful teams overall. Um, but the games that those, sorry, the, yeah, the, the games that those teams did win, I think he was, like, the main reason that they won. Like, he just fucking put on the carry shoes, which is incredibly hard to do as a support. Um, so it's tough to say where he stands right now. I, I don't I don't know I necessarily agree with you in that it's tough to put on the carry shoes as a support. I think support's a really impactful role. But I think it's also dependent on the players you have around you, right? Like, like Core JJ, for example, perfect example of uh, a, a player that can carry from support, right? Through through ward control, through callouts, through presence, right? Oh, 100 yeah. percent. I don't think Aphromoo is quite at that level, but I, I I think he's still. Well, no, but you're also comparing. I, I know he's a world champion. You're also comparing a world class talent. But hey, they're in the same <laughs> league, playing the same role, so you have to compare them. I mean, yeah, yeah. I I still think Afro is probably like. It, it'll be interesting to see this season for sure. But I would still personally rank him as one of the best supports in North America. I'd probably put him like top four. He's such a smart player. I'm I'm just looking over the list now. I I, th- I think you're you're looking at him with nostalgia glasses. I don't know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see this season, but. Once again, he doesn't have a ton of support on his team. So, um, uh, the one note that I have on his ADC because this is another guy that I had never really heard bef- heard of before. Uh, he's played four games in the LCS and he went two and two. So, uh, it's such a small sample size that it's really hard to say. Playing with a guy like Aframu, though, um, I, like that could improve. I don't know. I think this is an interesting team. I'm not expecting expecting a ton though yeah me neither i i, I think this I, I think we could be looking at our first like bottom three team looking at this roster i i think yeah. that uh like it, it's going to be good experience for fake god and neo but at the same time like mm-hmm. their mid really needs to step up i think this is probably going to be the last professional league chance for saligo uh so so th- oh, there's yeah. going to be pressure there. I think very similar for Dardock. Like he, he's still getting into these scenarios where where he's starting on a roster. But I mean, he was he's gone from TL and TSM to Dignitas. That is a worrying trend if if you're a professional player. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's a team that I'm interested to watch. I think 
but I, I really don't expect a ton. And I, I do have them at okay. uh, towards the bottom. Um, so I think we can move along then to evil geniuses. Yep. Um, so lo- looking at the evil genius roster, uh, top lane impact, jungle Sven Skaren, mid Jizuke, uh, ADC Marksman, uh, Deathly, and support Ignar uh, with coach Peter Dunn. I think this is a team that could go overlooked. I feel like EG is kind of always that team that goes overlooked that people don't care about too much. Uh, but like this is, I, I think this I like is a this strong roster. team. I, <laughs> they have straight a, up, a I lot really of talent. like this roster. Um, I think Ignat yeah. is someone we've heard about for a long time. Um, but yeah, so so th- this is definitely someone who. Uh, <laughs> There's that potential. Like TSM has turned out a lot of um, career players. Uh, there have been a few that have fallen short, but generally TSM's choices more or less dictate you're going to yep. be in the league for a while. You know, they've, they've had Biofrost, Wild Turtle came in uh, from outside of Pro League when he replaced Chaos. Um, Santorin came over and is still playing. Uh, mm-hmm. On pro teams, I think we'll get to him later. I think he's uh, starting in the jungle role for a team. Yep. Yeah. So, so de- definitely a lot of talent going through there. Even the players that don't make the starting roster, um, definitely someone to watch. Um, I I know you didn't really watch a ton of last season. Uh, he was incredible for FlyQuest. Yeah, I believe it. He was he was really fucking good. It was him and Wild Turtle and. Uh, they they made playoffs. They actually like ended up having a, an extremely good season, from what I remember. And uh, him, him and Wild Turtle were like the main reason for that. They they were phenomenal. Um, yeah, like looking at this team overall, honestly, like there's not really a weak point. I I think if there's any, it's going to be maybe AD Carry. Uh, but but he's always been a steady role player, definitely. Uh, that's the thing right like he's not bad for sure um and and playing along a guy like ignar who we've seen uh be incredible uh, i i think that'll probably make up for it and then also uh jizuke being a uh, an import i i think anytime you have a player outside of their native region they get like uh like a minus uh Okay, so in, in football, if a team's playing away from their home stadium, they automatically get like a, a minus three more or less, like, like they're slightly less favored just because they're away. Yeah, I, I would give that same sort of thing to, to players coming in uh, to other regions. Right, Lit? I mean, Jizuke is another guy that was really good last season. Who's, whose team was he on? Um, I think he was EG. Yeah. Yeah, he's been on EG since 2019. Uh, he, he's a European mid laner, so he's definitely very strong if you can get uh, exported from Europe. I, I mean, they've turned out so many amazing mid laners from that region. Yeah, mid lane is definitely their role. I just, I, I think anytime you're putting a new team together, you really do have to be careful of your import slots. For sure. I, I think Jazuke is a very solid fit for this team, though. Um, he has the potential to carry. Um, 
and I, I think like one of the big things with Jazuke that pulls me is his champ pool. Uh, I was looking and he played 19 different champions last year. That's really impressive. Um, and like, I, I remember watching EG or uh, yeah, EG games. And uh, one of their, their big things was just like, what's Jazuke going to play this time? You know, I, I, when you say that, I do think I remember hearing uh, s- similar things towards the end of the season when I did tune into games. Yeah. Yeah. He, he played really well. Um, and then like obviously having impact in the top lane impact is a, an incredible player. He's one of the best top laners in North America right now. Uh, obviously we've seen him struggle with different metas at times, but overall I think he's gotten past that for the most part. He has branched out like a decent amount over the past couple of years. Like when he was on TL, we saw him playing uh, a decent variety of things and finding success on it. Uh, mind you, that could just be because of, how good TL was as a whole, like as a whole team. Um, It's easy to find success when your team is succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for the most part, he's gotten over um, a a lot of the, um, a lot of his struggles with playing anything other than a tank (laughs) really was his issue for a bit. Um, And then having Sven's Garen in the, in the jungle, uh, we mentioned him earlier when talking about C9, he really found his stride with cloud nine. And, hasn't looked back he's been phenomenal uh ever since that mvp season ever since he got out of a tsm prison uh and yeah. got on teams that actually used him properly uh we'll, we'll get yep. into that more uh looking at tsm but like <laughs> jesus christ as soon as he got out of there like like oh man c9 was so good also sven and uh impact sven scaring that is uh former teammates from c9 so yep. that there is that built-in synergy again uh, from previous rosters. Yeah. Um, there's like a few changes on this roster, which I could see giving them a bit of a slow start just with uh, some growing pains. But I, I think this is a really good roster. Um, I'm pretty sure I have them in top four. Yeah. Yeah, I have them top four. I think this is really a really strong team for North America. I, I am inclined to agree. I, I think, you again, you've got a lot of veteran talent. I think that even... The, uh, the newer players on this roster are known quantities, and I think that everyone just looks solid. Uh, okay, so next up we have FlyQuest. Uh, so in the top lane, we have Licorice. Uh, Jungle, a guy that I'm definitely going to pronounce his name wrong every fucking time I say it. Uh, Jose Diodo. Mid, we have Palafox. Uh, ADC bot lane, we have Johnson. And in the sport is Diamond. Damn, dude. I'm so glad you took this one. oh man oh thank goodness jesus oh i would have said something totally different there (laughs) that's funny Uh, um this team is interesting um i'm kind of torn on what to think to be honest licorice uh we we've mentioned a couple times now probably the best uh, top laner in North America. Yep. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, he has been criticized in the past, and this is one of the reasons I have heard he is no longer on CLG, is that he is very self-focused uh, as, as far as practice and as far as like his uh, methodology goes. Like, uh, you know, the, the game's really, especially in these seasons, about team cohesion. 
And I, I've mm-hmm. heard that he is more of a, uh, like, like sit in a corner and grind 1v1 matchups type of practicer. Yeah. So, uh, looking at this roster, it will be interesting to see if he can come in as sort of a, a, a leader for these players. It's kind of crazy that he's the veteran on this team. It really is. And, and uh, you, you know, I, I don't know a lot of these names. I know, uh, I think Johnson has some LCS experience. Yeah, he uh, he was actually handpicked by Aframu. Oh, for the for the 100 Thieves roster? Or was this a different team? Yeah. Okay, I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, because when they got 100 Thieves, they asked him, like, name a guy. Yeah. Um, and Johnson had not really been in the scene at all. He was just, like, a solo key player. But Afro liked his play and picked him out. And I mean, all, all, like we talked about Afro earlier, um, although he might not be like one of the best now, uh, he's definitely a very smart guy and knows what he's doing. So, yeah, absolutely. Being handpicked by a guy like that is is no small thing, and he he hasn't been bad for sure. Um, aside from Licorice, what do you see? Um, so I have a few notes on this team. I think it's quite interesting. Um, their jungler is from the LLA. He played very well. Like I was looking at his stats and he, he was really good. He had like a really high uh, kill participation stat and stuff. Um, it seemed like most of the games that his team won, he was like a pretty important role in that. Um, it, it's just a matter of like, I, I, I didn't watch any LLA games. I have no idea what the competition there is like compared to North America. So, I, who knows if that'll carry over. I think Palafox is kind of interesting. Um, he played for C9 Academy, so I'm, I am familiar with him. Uh, the issue is, though, like, so he, he played very well, but Cloud9 Academy was, like, without a doubt, the strongest Academy team, and it was mostly because of their top laner Fudge and their ADC King. So I'm I'm not sure if Palafox is good like as a solo player sort of thing, um, like on his own or if he was carried by those two sort of thing. Like I, I'm not sure what to think on him. Um, Johnson is okay. Uh, he, he doesn't have a very good record. <laughs> He's 15 and 27. So someone who would fall into like the role player category probably. Yeah. Um, like playing with Aframu he wasn't able to really be a, a focal point for the team or anything. Um, again, going back, those teams that they were on weren't very good. I'm not sure if he was one of the main reasons that they weren't very good or if it was because of other guys on the roster. He hasn't really done anything to impress me yet, though. Um, and Diamond is in the same boat as Palafox. Uh, he was also on C9 Academy, came over with Palafox. Um, so, I mean, they have synergy playing together, which is good um like obviously the main thing you look at is the mid jungle synergy uh but then the next thing you start to look at is like the supports synergy with the other players on the roles because obviously support is mostly a roaming role at this point i think yeah i I totally agree with that i I think that uh i think support is super impactful so and i really if there's any team where you're gonna learn that roaming support style or learn how to have an impact on the map from any role, it's with the C9 org. I think just their coaching staff and their the insight their coaching staff has uh, that they can teach yep. players really does help them. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, being a young player coming from Cloud9 is, uh, like, it, it gives you a leg up on everyone else, I think. Absolutely. Uh, I would also say that I, I think being a top uh, academy team in North America, I would be inclined to have more faith in those players than I would a pro player from Latin America regions. Yeah, I, I think I can agree with that. Again, I, I haven't really watched any of the Latin America League, so I don't know for sure, but I, I, I'd be inclined to agree with you. Something else to note, actually, which like I, I didn't really think of before, um, like Licorice actually has experience playing with Palo Fox and Diamond as well. Oh, because he got... Uh... Uh, from years ago, because he came yeah, up from Academy yeah, as well. Right I'm pretty sure both of those guys were on the team when he was there. So, okay. uh, I mean, this is kind of a C9 Academy roster aside from the uh, jungle and ADC, which is neat. I think FlyQuest is incredible at building successful budget rosters. Yeah, this really does seem like a, a Walmart brand uh, LCS roster with like a licorice yeah. sticker placed on the front of it. And that's exactly what they did last season as well. And like I said, last season they actually found a lot of success. Who who so, is their like? Who is um, their I'm kind of excited. Roster? I did not follow FlyQuest. Ignar and it was like their bot lane. Uh, Ignar oh, and, and Wild and Turtle, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if one player is going to have the same impact on this roster, uh, especially someone who is a lot younger like licorice is mm-hmm. uh and j- just as far as like lcs experience uh i i think this is a team where like the ceiling is moderate and the floor is pretty low honestly. see I'm, I'm not sure if the floor is too low for me on this team um the ceiling isn't very high for sure i i I don't know. This is a very polarizing roster for me. I'm very interested to see what it does. Um, again, having having guys coming from from Cloud Nine is a really big thing, just because Cloud Nine is so good at at fostering talent. Absolutely, I I totally agree with you there. If this was any other roster coming from um, Academy League, right, right, like three players that are playing on Academy team, two players straight up from an Academy roster. What would you say about it if it if it wasn't like a C nine roster? Um, just as a thought experiment, yeah, I, I'm curious. It, it, it would it would, it would definitely be lower for sure. Mm. I I would not think as as highly. I would probably put them towards the bottom if if these guys weren't coming from Cloud Nine, uh, because they are though. I I have the middle of the pack. I, I've got to put these guys like bottom four this roster i really i i wow i know but i i just i don't see that excuse me that that point where the, these guys can really take off i just i i think the main thing is that they have young guys that could be something um in in palafox and diamonds and i think licorice is probably a really good player for them to be with because he's going to draw a lot of the pressure from the enemy team i think um and i mean with him when he was like the main guy on cloud nine because there was a period there where he was pretty much their their main carry um i i think he's like the perfect guy for that um especially like obviously it's it's not good 
going to your corner and practicing by yourself without the team. Um, but like in, in doing that, he's so good at the solo matchup and we've seen him so many times turn one V twos around where he gets ganked and somehow comes out with a double kill perfectly fine. Um, so I think he'll give these other guys a good opportunity to uh, prove themselves. It's just a matter of if they're capable of doing that or not. Honestly, I, I really, this is a, a roster I want to watch and I want to root for because I love seeing any talent work its way into the scene. I, I think that any yeah. is a region that is like, like, looked down on as a region that doesn't produce its own talent, that can't produce its own talent, that has doesn't have a good structure for like path to pro or or developing players. So I really do like to see like homegrown NA talent come up. But historically I just I just can't get behind it. Uh, yeah, that's fair. One thing that I, I want to mention Licorice is one of my favorite players in the league, and he's Canadian, which is fantastic. Yes, it's always nice to see North America draw from uh, its Canadian player base as well, us being both Canadian. Um, and it's like, especially since he's, uh, as we've said many times, the best top laner in North America right now. Yes, I, we can both agree on that for sure. Uh, I think that's about all there is to cover with this team, though. Like, it, it's young, it's interesting. Uh, I have the middle of the pack. I, I think they'll be. Um, I think like middle to low though, I could see like their peak being fourth place, uh, but their their bottom being around like seventh. I could see them going as low as eighth or ninth personally, but uh, definitely an interesting team to keep track of as the season progresses. Uh, so uh, next up, uh, moving on, we've got Golden Guardians here. Uh, their roster is going to be top lane Niles, Jungle Iconic, mid a Blaze Olive. ADC Marksman 6A and support newbie. Looking at this roster, I've got 6A down as the veteran. Um, I, I mean, I, I think you got to look at their coach too, though. I, I think Enero is uh, definitely one of the more visible coaches historically in the league. He was on Echo Fox as a coach for quite a while. Uh, he's he's been a guest on uh, league talk shows and stuff as well. Like he really does put himself out there as someone who uh, is is a lot more visible than a lot of the other support staff. I think definitely, and he like he's good as well. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he always seems very knowledgeable in interviews. He always yeah. is very well spoken. But but can he do it with this team? It, it's going to be really interesting. Um, so my my very first note on this team is the only name I recognize is Stixe. So they're probably bad. So I actually recognize a Blaze Olive from this roster. A Blaze Olive is someone who went through proving grounds uh, a couple years ago and uh, was signed as like one of the top proving grounds players to TSM. Okay. So he is coming through a large org. I, I don't know how much that says about him though, right? Like, like obviously he's never really going to make the main roster and replace like Bjerg, you know, like like that that just isn't going to happen. It's not realistic. Uh, yeah. 
but it's someone who's great to mm-hmm. learn from, someone who's great to be mentored by, you know, like, like, and again, you never really know what goes on behind the scenes as far as like how For much sure. they actually yeah. talk, how much they share, what, what scrims are actually like, how often they scrim their academy team, you know, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, yeah. but, but having that player as like your number one to look up to for sure uh, yeah. from an organizational standpoint is you know it leads to a lot of learning and a lot of uh there's a lot to study at the very least yeah yeah it's it's a good base to start from um and i had never really heard of any of these players before but obviously like i i did my research i looked them up um i did notice that a blaze olive had a really high kp in academy which is good um, you want your mid laner to be active and uh, be a focal point for your team. So it, it's nice to see that. It seems like he was the catalyst for that academy team. Yeah. I, I, I really just like... I struggle to see potential. Or, or I, I struggle to see... Yeah, no, I, I agree. A wow factor, a, a solid path to victory for this team right like, like looking at the yep. lanes right like uh j- just going down the list right top niles what do you know about him nothing uh he played in university exactly they him and iconic played both are like from uh university teams uh both played well but i i have no idea what that means as far as moving to lcs now I have it's no idea gotta be at how least one step below academy. Like, right? I, I have like, no idea how competitive University League of Legends is. I'm gonna say a FlyQuest was like the Walmart brand. This is like the Dollar General yeah. brand. I I think this is just summed up as like an inexpensive roster with a lot of unknown talent, and like there is some potential. And I think Inero is good to learn from. Mm, yeah. But can Stixay put this team on his God, back? No, no I, I don't. I, I don't think I've ever seen him have close to that yeah, sort of potential. No. As, as especially the AD yeah. role. Like I, I think the AD role may have improved with the itemization changes. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how items play yeah. out as uh, a part of the new season. But as as a player, I, I just don't think that he can. Well, you you know what? I, I don't really think he's been given a fair shot as far as being that like true leader of a team. So I'm, I'm not going to say that. I suppose I, I, this is his opportunity. Th- this is a, a super hard, challenging trial for uh, Stixay as a leader and a veteran on a team. And I like, I, I hope for the guy he yeah. can step up. I just, from past play on more established teams, I would be pleasantly surprised if that was the case. Yeah, he he is not impressed, that's for sure. Um, and just to mention their their last guy, Newbie, who we haven't talked about, um, he's also coming over from LLA, and he played very well there as well. Um, but it, who knows what that actually means? <laughs> yeah, that really is an unknown quantity. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's like saying you're a good swimmer, but you've only ever been in a pool, you know? Yeah, and now you're jumping in the lake with waves, and you, it, it, it's just a lot more to take in. Yep. So we'll we'll see. I again, I hope the best. It's a young roster. I just uh, unless someone really makes a name for themselves, uh, probably bottom three. 
Yeah, I, I have them at the bottom. Next up is Immortals. Uh, top lane is Revenge. Jungle is Xerxi. Mid is Insanity. ADC is Reyes. Support is Destiny. Not the political guy and not the game. Correct. Yeah. Um, my first note for this roster is Yikers. Yikers. Uh, why do you say that? I just, I, I mean, it's the same as GG. I don't see anything here. Yeah, I, I really... I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking at for them winning. I, I recognize the jungler. Yeah. Right? Like, like... Going more in depth with with my actual notes that I have on this team, uh, Revenge is coming from Academy, but his record in Academy was 15 and 28. And I don't, I don't follow Academy, so maybe he was just on a bad team and it wasn't his fault, but that's not a good sign to start with. Um... Zertzi was solid in the LEC. I I don't think he was really like a standout guy necessarily. Um, like he he definitely wasn't a top player in LEC. So I think this is an opportunity for him. I agree. I, I think that. I mean, he's if, probably the best guy on this team. Yeah, certainly the most known. Yeah, certainly the most known. Um. um Insanity is another guy that uh, he, he he played an academy last split. He went 14 and 24. Again, not a very good sign. Um, Reyes, I think, is the most interesting player on this team for me because I was looking at... Uh, he, he He's an Oceania player. He played in the OPL last year. Um, they play a ton of... Or they played an insane amount of games. <laughs> I just got to say that. Uh, but he had a 50 and 16 record through that season. That's pretty crazy. That shows good consistency at the very least. So, again, I didn't um, follow the league. He might have been hard carried by his team. Looking at his stats, it didn't look like that, though. I feel like at 50 and 6, that's a large enough sample size where if you are a problem on the team, your results are going to be worse than 50 and 16. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, I, I'm excited to see what he does. I think he is the... I think Zertzi is most likely the most or like the best player on this team, but I think Reyes has the highest potential to take that. I think Jungle puts uh, Xerxi in a strong position to be a standout player just because uh, it has the yep. most map impact. I don't really think that's arguable aside from maybe support, but mm -hmm. that's later in the game, you know? Um, yeah, no, I, I agree for sure. So I, I think... I think he's poised to really make moves. I just, it will all depend yep. on how he interacts and how he meshes with uh, the lesser known quantities. Yeah, and then their support destiny. I was looking at him. He seems fine. Uh, there was really nothing that stood out to me, though, when I was looking at his stats. Uh, like, it, it doesn't seem like he hard feeds or anything, um, but. Uh, looking at him, he. I find it so like interesting that both players are coming from an oceanic region. Um, were, were these players on a team together? I don't think so. Because other otherwise, I find it difficult to justify bringing in two oceanic players. I, I feel like the support pool in North America is deeper than having to go to Oceania unless there's something really special about. 
these guys. Okay, Destiny played for Astralis, uh, and Reyes played for Legacy. So no, they did not play on the same team. Yeah, I, I just don't see it then. I, I feel like there were other options. Um, it, it really does seem strange. I, I feel like... It seems strange. But, I don't know whose um, call that was, but that, I don't know. Could, that could be something to watch. It's just like how their bot lane meshes uh, just as a duo, I, I think is really going to uh, be another huge factor in this team's success or lack thereof. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I don't think this team will do very well. I have them I have them ranked in the bottom. I think they're like a bottom four team, uh, just because they they have some polarizing uh, like players in Reyes and Zertzi. I think that they can pop off at times, but overall, I I don't think they'll they'll manage to hit the five hundred mark. Yeah, I I am inclined to agree. I I think that uh, man, I I feel like we've been down on like the last three or four teams this kind of feels bad it's been a rough little patch yeah uh, I, I think we're going to change that coming to the last few rosters here though i i think we're about done with with immortals too there's not really much more to say there's a lot of unknowns uh so yeah i i've got nothing i'm 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 fascinated to see how reyes does yeah it, it's always going to be interesting when you have uh carrier roles coming in from other regions um uh, yeah that's about it though that's all so I've got. moving in then to team liquid uh, we've got their roster, which is Alfari in the top lane, uh, Santorin in the jungle, Jensen in mid, Tactical at ADC, and support Core JJ and Coach TSM Jat. I, I mean TL Jat. I think uh, the biggest thing for me is that they're they have a downgrade in the top lane, in my opinion. I don't think Alfari is as good as Impact. Agreed. But I think it's a pretty big upgrade in the jungle. Like huge upgrade in the jungle. I think. I think Santorin is head and heels above <laughs> Broxa. I think Santorin is a very peaks and valleys player. I think, and I, I think we've seen both uh, over his career. Uh, you know, this is someone who hasn't always found a spot on a uh, tier one roster. He's been relegated to. Uh, he he was. Uh, another pretty big reason that FlyQuest found success last season. I feel like that's the high highs. I I hope he's coming back, but I feel like he's also a meta-dependent jungler. Yeah. I, I think when uh, things are favorable for him and they fit his style, he's really good, but I think this is someone who maybe struggles yeah, to adapt I, I a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think think for from what i suspect this meta will be i think he'll at least start off pretty strong i think he uh, for, for my and i'm not going to say it because i could be way off but uh my idea of what jungle will look like i think fits his play style fairly well uh one thing that i do want to go over really quickly with him his kill participation last season for spring split 76 percent for spring playoffs 76 percent for summer 80% and then summer playoffs 73%. So like he was a catalyst for FlyQuest last year and uh, definitely was a fairly big reason of uh why they had cuz like they they started off the season like really really poorly and then suddenly just kind of came out of nowhere um and did really well in playoffs and stuff. I I I think it's a really big upgrade in the jungle though overall. I I can agree that he'll probably struggle at times. But 
he's actually a playmaker, whereas I feel like Brox is a guy that just kind of plays the game. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I, I don't disagree um, looking at it. I, I think that his lows are are still pretty good. I, I just think yeah. that he tends to waver more depending on the matter. Uh, and, and this is looking I at agree. him in the long scope of his career. I, and then the last yeah. year, he's looked really consistent. But uh, again, through the, the TSM proving grounds is the jungler, you know, he, and, and all junglers do seem to struggle with the TSM playstyle. But yeah, he did seem to struggle uh, coming out of that boot camp, I guess, where it's just hammered into you that you hover mid. But uh, <laughs> no, no, he, he really has seemed to grow as a player. Uh, I really am excited to see how he does with this very strong looking roster. That's the thing. This is also the strongest team that he's played for. I, I think I can say that without any question. Yeah, I would agree with that. I Like, there's not really a too much more to talk about because, like, the rest of, of their lineup is the exact same with Jensen Tactical Core JJ. Tactical is fantastic for them. Um, and, I mean, to be fair, I think that's in big part because he's playing with Core JJ, who uh, I mentioned a few times before as Perks being the second best player in North America. Uh, core jj without a doubt the best i think I, I don't think anyone would dispute that core jj is insane absolutely totally agree um i i think there are some possible standout players coming up in the next roster but i think for now absolutely it's hard to look bad with a world-class support and that's what core jj is yep um, uh so early, earlier when we were talking about cloud nine you said to put uh, just do it and put cloud nine in first this is the team I have over them. I think TL will be the best team in North America. Yeah, I I have trouble arguing with you. I really do. I, I think that a lot of the roles are going to bounce off of each other. I think Perks and Jensen both being veteran EU mid laners where the pool is a lot deeper. The matchups are a lot harder. Like, like EU just puts out such great talent in the mid lane. It's really hard to see any discernible uh, uh, edge like obviously perks is in recent history much more successful oh yeah i, I mean i again I, in my opinion perks is the second best player in north america right now yeah i i think perks will overall win the mid lane matchup uh but like overall tl versus cloud nine those are going to be phenomenal games to watch absolutely i i, I think one thing historically is Jensen has always been seen as more of a role player. Uh, solid in mid, can al- will always put up consistent results. KDA player. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll i be honest, I, I don't agree with that. I don't think he is a, a KDA player. That's the meme. I, I, I don't think he's a KDA player, but I, I think he fits into that role player category more, which is fine, especially Definitely. when you're on a team with players in every role lately. I think the biggest iteration of this was when Doublelift was on the roster and they had impact in the top lane. And every uh, every role was super solid and everyone yeah. just had to be that role player. I think that's when he fit best into this lineup. I agree. I think, I, I think it's a little more challenging. When well, you have... we saw that with Cloud9 as well when he was with them. Like it, it was the same sort of thing where everyone was like very solid, so everyone was a role player and he Absolutely. shined there. And the conversation has always been like, oh, who's the best mid, Jensen or Bjerg, right? Yeah, well, Bjerg's yeah. gone now. Um, so so really... Jen- <laughs> Unfortunately, right as Bjerg leaves, Perks comes in. But <laughs> Yeah. But, but you know, he does have that space to really be 
uh, in contention for that top spot. I think I, I really think. No, I, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, really, I, I see like top two in at least three roles, player wise, right? Or or top top three, being conservative, top three, right? Like, yes, yeah, Santorum, Jensen, and Core are all expected to be uh, higher tier players in North America. They, they just are at this point. They're veterans. They've seen it all. They've been on multiple teams. They've led teams before. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd say high floor, high ceiling for this team. Definitely, I would be very surprised to see them struggle. I think their only weak point is the top lane. But unlike other teams that have a weak top lane, if the jungle tries to focus it, these other guys are just going to fucking pound you. Absolutely. And and just really quickly, their coach chat. I mean, this guy has been in league since season one. He's been a pro. He's been an analyst. He's worked on the balance team. He's been a color commentator. Like, if anyone is able to look at a game and tell you what's going wrong and what's going right and what needs to be improved upon, it's it's this guy. Like, definitely. I think Chat is probably one of the best coaches in North America right now. And the academy coach is also Spawn. And yeah. Spawn is also a longtime uh, uh, caster and commentator. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just, it, it, it's a great support staff, I think. And, and TL has always been excellent with their support staff. This is another team that really oh, invested yeah. early on in structuring their their back end correctly, I think. And, and it, I think it yeah. really has, like, like the, the meme is obviously Steve just throws money at the roster and they do well. <laughs> but honestly, I, I really do think it's more than that. And I really do think that the back end is going to help to drive this team quite a bit. All right, it's the last team we got. Uh, yeah. My TSM. personal favorite team. A lot of unknowns this year. I, I'm nervous. Yeah. So top lane, we have Hooney. And the jungle is Spica. Mid is Power of Evil. ADC slash bot is Lost. And the support is Sword Art. Yeah, and Bjerg is stepping into a coaching role here. So obviously, we'll, we'll address the biggest stories first. Uh, TSM lost two huge players. Uh, they, they lost Bjerg and they lost Doublelift. Yeah, like two of the biggest players North America has ever had. <laughs> Probably Western League in general. Like, yeah. Those players are just known as as top veteran solid players. Um, really disappointing to see both of them go. I would have loved to have seen a double lift sword art lane. Yeah, I, I think that you know he saw quite a bit of success with Core JJ, and I I oh, think yeah. pairing a world class bot lane like like two world class players together is always just mm-hmm. really exciting. It's something to really uh, rally behind as a team. Oh, this roster could have been so good if they if they stuck it out for another season. <laughs> like like Hooney, world class player. Uh, obvi- obviously peaks and valleys. Yeah, oh, keep him off Lucian, please. <laughs> but but like he's been to the highest level of play. He's played for SKT. He's played with Faker. He's been to the World yeah. Championship for goodness sakes, right? Like that's a player to get excited about yeah, as long the as the coach sure. can take the belt off and like yeah. rein him in a little bit. Yeah. I I I am not sold on Hooney anymore. I, I mean we've talked about this before. I I I was not excited when I heard TSM was signing Hooney. I think Hanser is a better option. From a resume standpoint, he's very impressive. Oh yeah, for sure. But in recent, but when you look at him season to season, 
Yeah. There, there's there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. And I, I, I just... Oh, the, 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 this is one where... I, I think this could be like the highest ceiling in the league. I, I really think this is probably one of the highest ceilings in the league. Like, like just, just looking at Hooney in a vacuum. He has that potential. I just... Yeah. The, the floor is Lucian top, that's, man. That's the thing, right? Like, it, it's really hard to look at that peak knowing the low. Yeah. Um, uh, going over some of the other members, uh, Spica, I don't know. <laughs> he, he, he had success. My only thing is I'm not sure how much of that was him and how much of it was playing with Bjergsen. That's my only problem with Spica. Yeah, I... I, I mean, so so with the TSM roster this year, I think it opens up more potential, but at the same time doesn't because Bjerg is the head coach, right? So like typical TSM strategy is like gain a slight lead early and then balloon it late. Yeah. Historically, they've been very bad at playing from behind once they get behind, mm-hmm. but they've been very good at being best in their roles and just growing a slight early lead from skill from waning skill from from champion skill and going from there yep and i i think that you know there, there's that meme of being in in the jungle for tsm just being in prison being like okay walk to mid lane walk to bot lane walk to top lane like like, like okay back to mid lane mm-hmm. okay oh you haven't been mid in 30 seconds like get your ass back there your blues up yeah. better give it to yours right like and i i, I think that I think anyone that can find success uh, in, in such a demanding role, just stylistically with the way this team has played historically, I, I think they're solid. And I, I think, you know, looking at junglers coming out of TSM, we've touched on a lot of them already. Sven Skarin, uh, Santorin, right? They've all seen success. So they're, they're all really good players is, is what I'm trying to say. Like, like TSM yeah. really does have high standards for their players. And I, I think mm-hmm. that... This is very likely a yeah. good jungler. It's just going to be hard to see him shine because of TSM stylistic choices. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Mid lane is Power of Evil. I think Power of Evil is, is is a great player, very talented. I love Power of Evil. I I have followed this guy since uh, Europe. Actually, this is yeah some of the one of the few players that I've actually followed most of his career i i i think Bury is the best person for him to learn from because i think the champion pools have been very similar i think that i i think that there's potential here i i really really do like i remember watching beard on his like breakout first cinder game and just getting that feeling like wow this player can really do something and have an impact i mean obviously got a pentakill that game so it's pretty easy to say that but uh, I remember watching Power of Evil and mm. listening to the way he talks about the game. And, <laughs> and this is someone that really gets into the math uh, behind champions. Like, he really does study. Um, there was a time when he built Nasher's Tooth Oriana. I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, and in interviews, he actually just broke it down for the interviewer. Like, okay, look, every auto attack ramps up damage right like that's oriana's passive plus the magic damage so if i get like two auto attacks in i'm dealing like 50 more damage than if i hit with this spell with this item yeah and anyone who can like break the game down and who studies it that much i think is very dedicated 
I, um, I think POE is the guy that can contest Jensen for a second best mid in NA. Yeah, I, I can totally get behind that. I, I think that uh, I think that he's been a high point on some low teams in the past. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. But I think with this infrastructure and this mentorship and also some of this veteran talent on the actual roster, I think that he is in a good position to have a great season this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think POE is definitely one of the highs for TSM. Uh, like we're both in agreement that he is a phenomenal player. Moving into AD carry, uh, lost. This is this is so many things. This is the biggest wild card. This is far and above probably like definitely more so than Poe because Poe is like kind of that known quantity of a very consistent laner uh, and player. Uh, th- this is a total wild card, mm-hmm. and he's coming in to uh, fill the shoes of the most known player in in North American League the very least right like so he I, I was looking at his stats um he was okay for tsm and academy he was like nothing exceptional but he also wasn't bad um however he he had a, a short stint with echo fox he played four games for them and he was one in three and that's an lcs yeah i i really it, it, it's trial by fire that's all i can say you know and and TSM didn't have a ton to draw from because their import slots are taken up by mid and support. And, you know, uh, in getting to support, I think that's huge. Uh, but but looking at what they had to choose from, um, I give them credit for bringing up a academy player. I just, it it's going to be very hard. And last but not least, I, I mean, I, I think this is the most interesting thing on tsm uh sword art i i think again if those two players had stayed on for like just another season to see how this went like all, all the what ifs about these players playing together you, you know bjergen double f with with world-class players like this so i i'm not as high on sword art as everyone else is okay why i i think he was probably the worst player on um oh, what the fuck was the team name Sooning, Sunning, Sooning. I I think it is Sooning. Yes. I, yeah, I think he was probably the worst player on that team, on on Sooning. So like I I I watched the finals last year. Obviously, um, I didn't see them live or anything, but I I I caught the vods and everything. There were there were many times where if his team wasn't just crazy far ahead, he would have just been inting. So I haven't watched him very much uh, uh, incredibly recently. However, historically, this player has made it to multiple worlds uh, on different rosters, and he has always been consistently on a world's roster. Uh, so so that's my reasoning behind calling him world class. I, I, I don't really know if there's much more to say lately. The, there's a lot with bringing in Someone from, especially, I think, uh, an Asian region. I think historically, pe- people from LCK, LPL, SEA, uh, etc. have mm-hmm. struggled coming in, right? Uh, Impact and Huni being some of the exceptions. But, you know, you look at Piglet, Bang, Ando, Flame even, uh, looking back several seasons. You know, a, a lot of these names... Yeah. 
where, where are they now? You know? And, and there is also that meme of like, oh, you know, uh, I, I made it really far. I did everything I wanted in my career. I'm going to take a paycheck in NA and uh, retire and, and stay on the beach every single day. See, and, and that's the thing. And I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I think that's the more likely outcome for sword art in North America. And like, yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, what, when you have all the accolades, some of these players do, you know, core JJ, sword art, bang, impact, right? Like, why not just live it up in NA, right? Like, like, like it's easy mode compared to Korean yeah. servers and Korean teams. And you, you're just, you're like, okay, guys, like, like, oh, no, don't go there. You're going to feed. Like, okay, don't go there. Like, like they, they just see things. Their, their minds just seem to be trained to see all these things, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and you, you know, usually there's that notable decline just from being on worse teams, let's be honest. Like, like NA compared to Korean teams, like, everything's much less regimented, uh, it, it just has less of a serious feel. Like, like when you tune into an LCK broadcast, you know, you, you, you just, there, there's something of an aura about it that just has a more structured, serious, competitive feel to it. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely. And, and you know, Chinese regions are to a lesser extent because they're known for their off-the-wall aggression and, and sort of turret diving always fighting style uh it's much less regimented oh yeah 100 percent. getting back to sort of i i just think that uh, again high, high ceiling potentially low floor and i hate to say that because historically he's just been so good so consistent you know making it to worlds constantly but it's all going to depend on how he adapts to uh american culture i think yeah uh like i said i i hope that i'm wrong but i i don't think He's, uh, I, I don't think he'll end up being uh, an impact. I think he'll more likely end up being a bang. Uh, that being said, overall, where do you think this roster lands? So although there's a lot of question marks here, like they, they have very solid pieces. I, I have them in the middle of the pack. I would say this team is middle, but upper middle. Uh, you, you know, we, we talked about some of those teams being like, like having potential to fall into... Six, seventh, miss playoffs. I feel like this is a team that has very high playoff potential. So I, I, I would put them probably between four and six again, with potential to break into the top three. I, I would be surprised to see them break into the top three. Okay, so looking at all the rosters, uh, where do you think teams are going to fall in that uh, beginning kickoff tournament to the season this year, then? Uh, the main thing is I think it's going to be a battle between Liquid and Cloud9 for first. I, I think one of those two teams will walk away with the trophy, and I, I think I'm leaning a little more towards TL. I think they have less changes to work with as far as like their style of play changing and, and everything. I think it could be a bit of a rougher start for Cloud9, just especially since they have that rookie coming in. Or is at least with with TL, everyone has experience somewhere. Yeah, I think just taking these teams and lining them up side by side, it's going to be very even, right? Like Hertz has a slight edge in mid lane. I think that bot lane is just about even, right? Like I, I think uh, Sven is better than tactical, 
but I think Core JJ is better than Vulcan. Uh, yeah, like I, I think the thing with that is like Sven is much better than Tactical, but Core JJ is like miles ahead of Vulcan. And that's not saying that Vulcan is yeah. bad. Vulcan is incredible. I think he's one of the best supports in North America. But Core JJ is just so far ahead of everyone in North America. When you get that world champion accolade, it's really hard to argue or to measure players regionally in that sense. And and then Blabber, uh, you said was very feast or famine. You know, he he could have carry potentially could also feed his face off. I, I mean, looking at history, it's definitely much more often feast. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, oh, if yeah, he's not sure. feasting, otherwise, it is. Rough. Otherwise, I don't think he'd be on cloud nine. And and then Fudge, would you give an edge to Fudge? Uh it's really hard to say. Uh, like based on what I've heard of him, I think I would, but without having that knowledge, I, I think I would give a small edge to Alfari. Okay. But but all in all, very even, uh very solid rosters. For probably sure. you're looking at your one and two. Yeah, I, I think like I, I would put TL above Cloud Nine just because um there's not the question mark of the top lane. Like Fudge, al- although expectations are high, when it comes down to it is a question mark. Uh, whereas people know Alfari is a, a solid player. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have TL first, Cloud9 second. I'm interested who you have coming in below them. Okay, so I, I'm just reviewing the rosters one more time now. Sure. And for me, the next group is going to be uh, TSM, Evil Geniuses. Yep. And I'm just looking. There's, there's, there's got to be one more team I put in this group. Probably C- CLG. Yeah, I was going to say for this one, I actually I have a group of four that I think are all pretty interchangeable. The only one that you're missing from my list is FlyQuest. Yeah, and I, I think we covered this when we were reviewing the rosters. I think you just have a lot more faith in them. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. I, well, I mean, it, it's just that Licorice has such huge carry potential in the top lane. Yeah. And like their young stars coming from Cloud Nine, I, I think I'm putting more faith in them. So comparing uh, top laners, uh, Licorice is up against uh, in this group of four, Impact, and then Huni on Finn from CLG. There we go. So he beats Finn. I think, yeah, for he, sure. I, I think all of those three laners beat Finn. Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Like Finn is definitely the weakest amongst them. Licorice and Impact have had like really interesting battles over, like over their careers competing against each other. Um, if, if memory serves me right, though, Licorice has come out on top of most of them. But I think it is pretty close there. Well, and, and that justifies taking Licorice over Impact for exactly for C9, right. Yeah. Like Impact was on C nine. Now Licorice was on C nine. You know, right? Like. It, there is a set progression there. Yeah. So you would expect to see that. And then also Huni is thrown in the mit, uh, mix again. See, and I, I think Huni takes like the third spot there for me. Like he beats Finn. I, I don't know if I have faith he beats the other two though. I think at his high as he beats the other two, I think at oh, his for lows sure. he gets stopped. But yeah, I think the odds of him losing are higher than him winning. Though. He is third, yeah, for sure. And then uh, the rest of the rosters, I mean... These are rosters that are dotted with a bunch of veteran players uh, (laughs) throughout the roles. I I really think this is going to be a hard-fought battle for... 
I have EG as the top one though, and honestly, I think EG is is above the others by a decent amount in in my books. Just looking at the rosters, EG just looks so strong. Like I don't think they're quite at C nine and TL levels, but I, I think a lot of it's going to come down to coaching and how fast they can hit the ground running. Uh, you, you know, yeah. you, on paper, you've seen a lot of rosters, right? Like like the TL Super Team. I'll, I'll come back to this example, right? The TL Super Team. Oh yeah, they were. For sure. On paper, the best roster in the league, and they took over half the season to even string together like a few wins consistently, right? Uh, so yeah. a lot of it is going to come down, especially in this middle four group, to just cohesion and how quickly they can get all the pieces working together. For sure, and I think part of it is going to be establishing the meta as well, just like coming into a new season, especially like with how much changed with the game overall this season. Obviously, they've had a lot of time to play around in solo queue and do scrims and everything, but it's going to be very interesting to see what teams are actually able to pick up the meta like right away and what, which one's kind of lag behind a little bit. Yeah, I really don't think that can be understated. Uh, the item overhaul in the offseason this year is huge. It's changed the game uh, in such a significant way. I, I think that there are more actives in the game now than there ever have been before. Uh, and that's for all roles. You know, all roles have way more choices, way more unique niche ways to build. And I, I think a lot of that's going to fall onto the coaching and support staff, honestly. I, and I think teams with the infrastructure and the backend analytics here are really going to have an edge. I, I There's always, you, you know, at the end of the day, it's always going to be the players on the field. But there's just so much to go over this this offseason. Uh, and that, that could play a huge factor. Well, and I think that's why to start, I have um, EG and FlyQuest ranked fairly high. Uh, as I said, like, Jizuke played, like, 19 different champions last year. And I'm not sure if I had mentioned it, but I looked and saw Licorice had played, like, 18 different ones. So both of those guys just have huge champ pools. So I think they'll be able to adapt to uh, the new meta a lot easier than some others will, which I think will give them an edge early on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what meta even forms. You know, we, we've been so removed from competitive play for so long. It really is going to... Uh, it's going to be an adjustment getting back into uh, constructed play, to, so to speak, you know, where, where, where there are set correct and incorrect things to do. Okay, we got a little off track there. So the, the bottom teams i i think i would probably just clump them all together as like the bottom teams uh immortal dig 100 thieves and golden guardians i i think uh immortals uh or no sorry i think 100 thieves is probably the one of the best of the worst here 100 thieves immortal dig and then i i think golden guardians is probably by far the worst team here <laughs> yeah but I, I hope some of these players do have uh, so, some breakout games. I really do want to see like new quantities in the region pop off and, and make a name for themselves. I think it it leads to exciting narratives. It leads to interesting games. You know, when when a quarter or 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 uh, almost a half of your region you're just kind of lumping in the bottom four immediately. Um, like I want to be proven wrong. Oh, for sure. I, I don't think it's an exciting league if it's like, okay, these six are the playoff teams and these are like the monkeys fighting in a cage. Yep. I, I agree. 
yeah, I, I hope that all of these teams prove me wrong. Yeah, it, the, the league's just always more exciting when it's close. You watch for the competition, so. For sure. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Will Rolling On Air. And you can find me on Twitter at Will Rolling Live since they're dumb and give you a limit on how many words your name can or how many letters your name can be. Also, if you're interested, check out my Twitch. I stream video games and stuff, and a lot of it is League of Legends. Uh, Twitch.tv slash The Mad Hatter, spelt very strangely, so I'll put it in the description. Be excellent to each other. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.